0: The Million Dollar Movie won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about Hellraiser.
1: Hell we have such sights to show you. <laughs> Little known fact, Jim actually played Pinhead in the original movie, or lead Cenobite, as they called him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Hellraiser, it's great. Uh, I want to admit that... Not want to admit. I'm admitting the fact that I didn't really like this movie, and then we watched it again, and I liked it way more than I remember. When do you think the last time you saw it was? College, so probably 20 years ago. Well, you've come a long way, baby. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's just... I, I think I was confusing it a lot with the sequel, because mm-hmm. uh, I think I've seen the sequel more than the original, and yeah. I forgot that the original was a lot more just, like, in a house. It's just, like, in a, you know, like, more of an adult horror movie.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it, people are all pretty grown up, you know, except yeah. for the daughter. Well, the da- well, yeah. But all the mains are middle-agers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's middle-aged sexy.
1: Still doing stupid things. Oh, Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, take yourself back to 1987. Yeah, January 22nd, po- politician R. Bud Dwyer commits suicide on live television to avoid embezzlement charges. He is later found to be innocent of all crimes. That's tragic, but weird. Like if he was innocent, his uh, yeah. The thing is, is that his career was ruined, and it's oh. something to do with insurance. And so he he made a very big deal out of it, made a statement. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he did it on air. That's horrifying. Yeah, July thirteenth, the first McMartin preschool satanic panic sexual abuse trial starts, lasting two and a half years. The investigation started in nineteen eighty three, lasted seven years, cost fifteen million dollars. It is the longest and most expensive criminal case in the history of the United States legal system, and ultimately resulted in. No convictions. Yeah, and we're
0: right back where we were.
1: Woohoo! Yeah, that thing was awful. It ruined so many lives. Yeah, and just, yeah. ugh, it was, was terrible. A- yeah, it was absolutely terrible. It was it was expensive. Uh, it was long, and it literally bore no fruit. That was when every one of those
0: like daytime talk shows. Oh
1: yeah, Raldo. Yeah,
0: satanic yeah. panic. We have yeah. satanists on, and they're coming after your oh, yeah. children, the- satanists.
1: Donahue? Was that the, Phil Donahue? Yeah. Or the one with the glasses? Phil Donahue? Yeah. We're going to yeah. have Satanists on. Yeah, yeah. They're
0: coming on to talk about how they worship the devil and they want to take your kids. And then
1: it would be the most cartoonish yeah. <laughs> satan, Satanist
0: ever. It would be a, a, like everybody was dressed like Alice Cooper. Yeah. You know? Yeah. and they're, they're the
1: Satanists. You know? It's like, oh, it's awful. Uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And pointless. So incredibly exactly. <laughs> pointless. Exactly. Uh, August 17th, Rudolph Hess is found dead in his cell in Spain. Andau Prison Hess 93 is believed to have committed suicide by hanging himself with an electrical flex. He was the last remaining prisoner at the complex, which was soon demolished. End of an era. Well, supposedly, no one really knows. It's possible he was 93. It's possible they walked in and just hung him. Well, you know, know. he was a Nazi. Whatever.
0: Yeah, Nazis get what they get.
1: See. <laughs> All right. Oh God. September 18th, Hellraiser is released in the United States. The box. You opened it,
0: we came. Now you must come with us. Taste our pleasures.
1: A lot less of the Cenobites in this movie than I remember too. Yeah, they don't come in. I think I'm thinking about the sequel and how they were just it was they became more lead characters. Well they're they're here, Adam. Um, (laughs) Apparently knocking the door down. Well, I yes. I
0: think after the first one they realized people weren't coming to see. <laughs> you know Andrew Robinson yeah, exactly. Hey
1: it's great acting But uh, I like
0: the guy With the makeup Yeah I yeah. think uh, You know Pinhead and Chatterbox And Butterball and Butterball Yeah <laughs> It's like a World Wrestling Federation <laughs> It totally is I think it there really is, is. There's Butterbean
1: Remember Butterbean the boxer Oh yeah he was a big dude too He was a big dude Although technically Butterball the actor Was not a big dude as No a, As a fat suit Yes. Yeah. So of course uh, Hellraiser starts With Clive Barker Uh, Clive Barker was born in Liverpool. When he was three, Barker witnessed the French skydiver Leo Valentin plummet to his death during a performance at an air show in Liverpool. Oh my god. Yeah, he later alluded to Valentin in many of his stories. It obviously made a huge impact on him, but not as big of an impact as Leo Valentin made on the ground. Ah! (laughs) Okay. Ouch. Too sorry, soon, Beba. That is Too soon. I'm sure it was a very traumatic event for a lot of people. Well, yeah, but yeah,
0: he probably didn't really understand it, but somehow it stuck in his oh yeah little brain. For three,
1: you just know that what was happening should not be. Yeah, yeah. Which actually kind of sums up Clive Barker's stories.
0: <laughs> somebody who dealt with some pretty serious trauma at three, it'll mess you up. Yeah, yeah. But at
1: least he used it in creative ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weird, disgusting creative ways, for yeah. sure. uh, Barker started doing experimental and macabre theater while in school. He co-founded the avant-garde theatrical troupe The Dog Company in 1978, with former school friends and up-and-coming actors, many of which would go on to become key collaborators in his film work. Sounds kind of like somebody we know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much everybody in the theater system in L.A. Yeah. Uh, these would include Doug Bradley, who would take on the iconic role of Pinhead, and Peter Atkins, who would write the scripts for the first three Hellraiser sequels. Nice. Yeah, keep it in the family. Over the next five years, Barker would write nine plays, often serving as director. Uh, He shifted away from theater to write Books of Blood, a short story collection that would eventually span six volumes. Yeah, have you ever read any of those? I've read a couple of the volumes.
0: I like his short stories. They're really good.
1: I should read his short stories. I've only read one of his novels, and I did not like it.
0: There's one that's like, and I don't remember it, it's a giant novel that a friend of mine adored and you know, as knowing that I was a Stephen King fan, gave it to me. And mm-hmm. I and this is no joke, tried for years <laughs> to get through that <laughs> book and I just couldn't do it. It's just Yeah. I don't know. He's just, you know, he's a he, he's not a bad writer. It's just no, it's a different no. kind of horror.
1: And you yeah, know, for me it was it was difficult to And later on he gets he goes away from the horror goes more into like the kind of magical reality fantasy stuff. And this was I think it was Magica. Oh, okay. Was the okay. name of the book. Magica. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that one yes, of his? Yes, there is yes. a book called Magica. That's I, the one. The one that I read was The Great and Secret Show or something. Okay. And, and I just did not, I could not get into it. I mean, I read the whole thing. Oh, people just, love these yeah. books. This is just, you know, us yeah.
0: as Philistines who probably yeah. don't get
1: it. I mean, it's not, and yeah, like you said, he's not a bad writer. I just, it just didn't catch me. Yeah, you know? I that's mean, the like, thing.
0: It's like... For me, you know, everybody knows I'm a Stephen King super sure. fan. I just <laughs> yes. got his newest book, Fairy yeah, Tale. I yeah. can't wait to read it. Oh, baby! But uh, he is a world builder, and they're both world builders. Yeah. But I just think yeah.
1: I prefer living in King's worlds rather than yeah I, Yeah, I connect more with King's stuff yeah. than I do with Barker for sure. Now, granted, I like I said, I've never read any of his short stories, so I need to read some of Books of Blood and see if I like. No, this. they're good. They're yeah. really good. Uh, when Books of Blood was first published in the United States in paperback, Stephen King was quoted on the book covers. I've seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. Ooh, yeah,
0: I'm creepy. <laughs> That's like, yeah, how he ends every <laughs> sentence. Ooh, yeah, I'm creepy. Uh, uh, you know, I love him yeah. to death.
1: Yeah. He likes Clive Barker. So, I mean, there's yeah. something there. You know what I mean? although he does lend <laughs> blurbs a lot to a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I he usually I agree with his stuff he's, usually. He's discerning. Yeah. 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 And whatever, it's his taste. And I know that if he gives something to it like a blurb or yeah. a quote, I know he's read it.
0: Yeah, he's got like integrity. He's, he doesn't yeah. it's not like they're slipping him 50 bucks. <laughs> So we go down to the main <laughs> diner. Ooh, and go, I'm creepy. Hey, honey, we can finally go out for breakfast. I gave a blurb to Johnny Boots for his book Bleep Blops. The new up-and-coming writer yeah. Johnny Boots. Slip yeah. me a fifty,
1: a Mickey Finn. After three volumes of Books of Blood had been published, Barker released his first novel, The Damnation Game, a Faustian story that touches on topics such as incest, cannibalism, and self-mutilation in a frank and detailed manner. Which I've not, I've never read it.
0: Well, a lot of his books tend to be on the sadosexual yeah. side. Yes,
1: alliteration. Yeah.
0: Uh, which you know, that's that's his kind of thing. Is he's kind yeah. of like the you yeah. know sexy, provocative horror guy.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was stuff he, yeah, stuff he was struggling with and things uh, around this time. Barker wrote the screenplay for Underworld in 1985 and Rawhead Rex in 1986, both directed by George Pavlou. Underworld, not the Kate Beckinsale movie, is also called Transmutations. It's a horror movie about disfigured subhumans that dwell in the London Underground. As they do. It's actually an original screenplay from Clive Barker. Nice. His first foray into that. Rawhead Rex is based on Barker's short story of the same name that appeared in Books of Blood, Volume 3. Barker was not happy with how his works were interpreted by George Pavlou, so led him to direct the next adaptation, Hellraiser. Yes, come to daddy. (laughs) Hellraiser is based on a novella from Barker called The Hellbound Heart, released in November of 1986. Barker worked as a hustler in the 70s, and his experiences made him want to tell a story about Good and evil, in which sexuality was the connective tissue. Yeah, and a hustler, I don't know if you don't know what a hustler is. They essentially is a male prostitute. Are you looking at me? No, I just for the, the <laughs> listeners, Chairman. Well, you,
0: you sustained some pretty serious eye contact with me when you I said that. I was waiting to see if you were going to respond. I, I was never
1: a hustler Okay, in the 70s. Okay. <laughs> A little too young then. Okay. Uh, the look of the Cenobites were inspired by S&M clubs, such as an underground club called Block 28 in New York, where people were getting pierced for fun. As the writing of the Hellraiser script took place during the height of the Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and Halloween film series, his intended portrayal of Pinhead as an articulate and intelligent character was initially not well received by the producers. Hey,
0: hi. Hey there. Um, just oh, Bob, to, I didn't know, know you... Okay. Just wanted to butt in and, be, and ruin you know, your show a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, they weren't articulate, these monsters. You know, they were kind well, of... I mean, Freddy Krueger was. Um, well, he made jokes.
1: <laughs> Pinhead wasn't that's what, funny. That's what... Oh. If he so wasn't, he should be less yeah. like Freddy Krueger? Well,
0: he should be like everything else. Something different is bad. Anyway, I gotta go pick up my kids from my ex-wife. <laughs> well, that was Poor the Bob. saddest thing he said yeah. the entire time well, he's been here. I think he has a few ex
1: wives. No, I'm sure probably. he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah, they so they suggested he should act more like Freddy Krueger and crack jokes. Others suggested he be silent character like Jason or Michael Myers. Uh, Barker insisted that Pinhead's personality be more evocative of Christopher Lee's portrayal of Count Dracula. Part of the chill of Dracula surely lies in the fact that he's very clearly and articulately
0: aware of what he is doing. You feel that this is a penetrating intelligence. I don't find dumb things terribly scary. I find intelligence scary. Particularly twisted intelligence. It's one of the reasons why Hannibal Lecter is scary, isn't it? Because... You always feel that he's going to be three jumps
1: ahead of you. Very well put. Christopher Figg agreed to produce Hellraiser. Well, I'll do it. All right. <laughs> this was Fig's first producing role. He was the second AD for a number of films previous to Hellraiser. Uh, he's actually gone on to produce such movies like Dog Soldiers in 2002, and We Need to Talk About Kevin in 2011. I love We Need to Talk About it's such Kevin. It's a great
0: movie. Oh, my God. That's with uh, Tilda Swinton and, mm-hmm. and John C. Riley.
1: It's great. It's a, it's one of the few serious roles that John C. Riley's yeah. done. And it's a fantastic
0: movie. Oh, they really did need to talk about Kevin. Oh, a lot. They needed to... Oh, I don't think they talked about... <laughs> enough about Kevin
1: <laughs> it's such a great movie uh, New World Pictures agreed to fund the film for $900,000 uh, wow. New World Pictures was founded by Roger and Gene Corman in 1970 yeah yeah. Uh, so they moved on to casting Claire Higgins was cast as Julia Cotton she's a six-time Olivier Award nominee for her work in the theater uh, Higgins received her first nomination in 1984 for her role as Stella Kowalski in A Streetcar Named Desire. She has since won the Olivier Award for Best Actress three times. Her feature debut was in the 1985 film 1919 about two former patients of Sigmund Freud that meet again 65 years later to discuss their therapy. Interesting. Yeah, I, it sounds like an interesting movie. Uh, Hellraiser was her second feature. Turns out that Claire Higgins really, really hates horror movies. Yeah, that seems to be...
0: a. a... Kind of a theme, yeah, going through. Because didn't the the lady that played his mom? Did she? She did not like horror movies. Yeah. yeah, and the people that are so good
1: at them, they don't really like. Them. But at least she was able to like. Played in a way that it's, like, not really... Because, I mean, she was the villain. Poor Claire Higgins was just surrounded by this horribleness uh, the yeah. entire time. Just
0: gross, nasty, gross. Everything was so just <laughs> so pussy and wet. Drippy
1: and... Gr- oh, every time that skinless Frank came Ugh. by, just had gobs of crap hanging oh, off of him. Touching her face. Ugh. She had to kiss him. <laughs> <laughs> when she saw the movie for the first time at the premiere, she actually had to leave after 10 minutes because it freaked her out so much. She has never seen the entire movie. Yeah. Although this didn't stop her from reprising the role of Julie Cotton in Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Ching, 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 ching. Money, money, money. <laughs> she can most recently be seen in Netflix's The Sandman as Mad Hedy. Yeah. Did you watch it? I have not watched it yet. It was really yeah. good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Lawrence was cast as Kirsty Cotton. Kirsty Cotton? Kirsty. Kirsty. I don't know. I
0: don't Every know. Kirsten or Kirsten I've known is so militant about their name. And I get it. Because <laughs> if your name is being mispronounced all the time, but, ooh, man, some of them get really testy if you Kirsten them when they're Kirsten's or Kirsten when they're Kirsten's.
1: Yeah. I think it's Kirsty. I'm pretty sure I remember Andrew Robinson saying Kirsty. Like
0: Kirsty Alley?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Tilly actually auditioned for the part of Kirsty. Uh, Hellraiser was... I'm sorry. That would have been distracting. But Jennifer, <laughs> yes. Jennifer Tilly? Yeah. I agree. I agree. I hey, think...
0: Hey, Hellraiser.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love Jennifer
0: Tilly. Hey, Panda. Yeah, exactly. And I adore her, and she's coming up in one of our... Well, she's not in the first Child's Play, is she? She doesn't come... No, no. She's much later. ...part her, of the series. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i just saying, she's, uh, she's... She's fantastic. She's fantastic, but this
1: movie was a little too serious for Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> oh, I think <did. laughs> I don't know, Dad. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I love, again, I love Jennifer Tilly.
0: No tears, please. It's <laughs> a waste of good suffering. Oh. Uh,
1: Hellraiser was Ashley Lawrence's feature film debut. She later reprised the role in Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 in 1988, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth in 1992, and Hellraiser Hellseeker in 2002. Nice. Yeah. Those are the best. I don't know. I don't <laughs> she was really good, though. She, she was really good. Yeah, she's yeah. very... You
0: know, girl next door kinda she yeah. played it well. Yeah. You know, poor girl.
1: And she yeah, she played it great. I mean it was it was giving an impossible task. And about, she played it well.
0: Talk about a wicked stepmother.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Uh before Hellraiser, she made her acting debut with a recurring role in the CBS soap opera Capital as Brenda Clegg in nineteen eighty four.
0: Brenda Clegg. Hey. <laughs> Come over here, Brenda Clegg. She was the intern at the, uh, Capital. At the Capitol newspaper. <laughs> hey, Is it, was it about a newspaper? I just assumed it was about I politics. I no idea. I don't, I don't remember Capitol. You, you're
1: not a huge super fan of Capitol? I wasn't.
0: Yeah. It, that one slipped past <laughs> me. I know I
1: have a catalog of soaps, but uh, I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, In 1986, Lawrence had a guest appearance on an episode of the television series Highway to Heaven. Ooh, Highway to Heaven, yeah. Uh, Michael Landon, he's an angel taking
0: people to heaven. Come on, get on the highway to heaven with me. Take a road trip.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So not Michael Landon (laughs) at all. (laughs) That was great. That was great. (laughs) She's appeared in several television series after Hellraiser, including Hercules, Legendary Journeys, Suddenly Susan and Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, nice. A
0: little... A good... A good mix of different kinds of shows. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Andrew Robinson was cast as Larry Cotton. Uh, oh, I love this guy. Andrew Robinson is one of those character actors that is in a million things, and you've no idea what his name is. Oh yeah, and you you
0: as soon he as you see him, him yeah. you are like, oh that guy, that guy.
1: Yeah, uh, he was so good in this movie. He was yeah, so good. I he's totally good in forgot about the ending and how he has to play the brother yeah. and like. Oh, it was so good.
0: No, he is one of the best character actors. Yeah, and he got his his beginning. Oh, oh yeah,
1: yeah. He started as a stage actor, but made his feature film debut in 1971 as the Scorpio killer in Dirty Harry.
0: I I'm going to kill all these kids. Get away from me. I'm going to kill all the
1: kids. He's so good in this. I love that movie so much. Watch out, punk.
0: Are <laughs> you going to shoot me. What are you going to do? You're going to shoot me. Uh...
1: Yeah, I'm going to shoot ya. All right. <laughs> Pew, and that was it. Big old 4-4 uh, Dirty Max. Harry. I can't wait till we do our Dirty Harry month. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was also in the drowning pool with Paul Newman in 1975.
0: Hey, a lot of people are drowning in this pool.
1: (laughs) Why did we call it the drowning pool? Maybe we should put up a sign. Caution. If you change the name to the no drowning pool, would people stop drowning? Maybe. You're a genius. (laughs) (laughs) Just before Hellraiser Hot Robinson was in Cobra with Sylvester Stallone in
0: 1986. Hey, hey, hey. How's Ah. it going, guys? I just wanted to tell you. Man, he was a great guy to work with, you know. He was a professional, show
1: up on time. Sometimes he brought crawlers. I couldn't eat him because I don't have sugar, but the crawl loved him. I just watched Total Seed Bump, but I just watched an interview with him in like 1976, right as Rocky was coming out. Yeah, and he sounds so articulate <laughs> and so it's like, wow, I don't have to struggle to understand anything. Yes, you think.
0: Uh, Rocky was the greatest movie I've ever. <laughs> it, was, made, it was just too. like
1: it was like night and day. I was just like, wow. If you knew, if you, uh, if you pay attention, you can see that I'm using anamorphic lenses, too. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, he's also well known for playing Garka on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yep. Uh, he also made a number of appearances in TV shows, including... Bonanza, Marcus Welby, MD, Kung Fu, Ironside, The
0: Rookies, SWAT, The Streets of San Francisco, Kojak, The Incredible Hulk, Chips... Mrs. Columbo, Barnaby Jones, Vegas, the Falcon Crest, the Greatest American Hero, the Dukes of Hazard, Heart to Heart, the A-Team, Matt Houston, Moonlighting, L.A. Law, Matlock, Law and Order, Walker, Texas Ranger, Murder, She Wrote, The X-Files, The Practice, and Without a Trace. He
1: also was the director of the acting department at USC for a long time. Oh man, that would have been so great to walk in and see.
0: Hey, it's a Scorpio killer!
1: <laughs> oh, he's such a good actor. Hey, it's it's was he? No, Frank was his brother, and no, he was he was Larry.
0: Oh my God, it's Larry from <laughs> Uh
1: He can most recently be heard doing VO in Dota: Dragon's Blood on Netflix, based off the video game Dota Two. Nice. I'm glad he's still working. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's in his eighties now, but he's he's still out there. He's doing a lot of a lot of VO. Nice. Uh, the cast: Sean Chapman is Frank Cotton, uh, his brother. Character actor Lance Henriksen was offered the role of Frank by New World Pictures. Nice. It would have been cool to see him, but he refused because he feared if it was successful, he would have to appear in a series of sequels, which he wasn't keen on. Well, it w- wasn't going to be the Frank movie. He pretty m- did he read the script? <laughs> Apparently <laughs> not. Lance didn't get to the end, did he? <laughs> no. Uh, Henriksen would later go on to appear in one of the Hellraiser sequels, Hellraiser: Hellworld, in 2005. Yeah, and somebody ended up being in a bunch of yeah sequels. Was, he was in all is, the Terminator movies. Yeah. well yeah. Yeah. All the Alien movies. He was in the Alien movies. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not. It, it was a dumb reason, but whatever. I the thing is, I I didn't realize how little Sean Chapman's actually in the movie because mm-hmm. he's only in maybe like two scenes where he's actually himself. You set me up, bitch. <laughs> Uh, Chapman appeared in Underworld, Barker's previous film in, in uh, the early 80s Not the vampire not, movie Not the vampire movie, the one about the underground weirdos uh, He's been in a large number of BBC shows He voiced one of the leads in the video game Crisis in 2007 and its two sequels I love that
0: game, Yeah, it's a great first person shooter
1: Yeah, it was really good, it was a really good game uh, Doug Bradley was cast as the lead Cenobite Yes No tears, please. Bradley is a longtime close friend of Barker, the two having met when they attended secondary school. He has worked with Barker in various projects since the early 1970s. He was originally offered a choice of roles between one of the mattress movers and the lead Cenobite. Nice. He struggled with it because he is a young actor. He thought that he needed the audience need to see his face. Which I'm glad that he played Pinhead instead, because while the two guys are a little memorable,
0: it's not Pinhead. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's either a one and done, or you become the, you know, the face of the the (laughs) franchise. There's there's no
1: returning the Mattress Movers return part two.
0: the Mattress Movers back to help. Hey guys, Hmm? I've got your new mattress. It's gotten really
1: messy in here. (laughs) Looks like you need a new mattress. There's blood all over that one. (laughs) He wasn't marked as Pinhead until the credits of the sequel. Uh, he's appeared as Pinhead in eight of the Hellraiser movies, as well as Captain Elliot Spencer in two of the films, the sequel in 1988 and the third movie in 1992. That's when you find out how Pinhead became Pinhead. Right, right. They delve into his character, his backstory. How he found the books. Yes. The Puzzle Box. The Puzzle Box. He is one of only six actors to play the same horror character at least six consecutive times, the others being... Christopher Lee, who portrayed Count Dracula.
0: Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger. Warwick Davis, who played the Leprechaun. And Brad Dourif, who played Chucky. And not to mention Tobin Bell, who played John Gramer Jigsaw.
1: Uh, for the record, Clive Barker hates the nickname Pinhead and refuses to use it in any of his work. Well, it's kind of dumb. I mean, I get it. He's got pins in his head, geniuses. Yeah. Doug Bradley is credited as an assistant makeup artist on some of the Hellraiser films. The makeup would take six hours to apply. The makeup was so good that at the wrap party, Bradley was almost refused entry because nobody recognized him without the Pinhead makeup on. Yeah. that's It happens to a lot of people. Just, but... That's sad. <laughs> yes. New World Pictures originally considered overdubbing his voice with that of an American actor, though this was reconsidered when the producers watched his performance. Yeah, and they had a they had a guy. We have such sights to show you, huh? Yeah. Uh, the I box do. you opened it. We came. Now you must
0: come with us. Taste our pleasures. <laughs> no yeah. tears, please. It's a waste of good
1: suffering. Yeah, there are those. Would Have been great, they made the right choice. Yes, I believe they made the correct choice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he, Doug, Doug Bradley also starred in Burker's Nightbreed in 1990. Do you see Nightbreed? I've never seen Nightbreed. I believe I've seen it, I don't remember it. Do you know what it was about? No, I didn't look up, I didn't do any research on it.
0: I'm pretty sure it's about, I think it's about vampires. vampires yeah. yeah,
1: pretty sure it's about vampires. Um, I need to see it. I, it's one of those. Do you need. Yeah, I mean, after I think, yeah. liking Hellraiser, like I yeah, let's check out. Nightbreed. I'm like, okay, I'd be down for it. well we audition a shot. Well, audition Nightbreed <laughs> yeah. for possible show. You know, yeah. I, I just shot. I I was surprised by how much more I liked this movie than I thought, and I and so it's like okay, I'll... it it is definitely a movie that that I do like more
0: the older I get. Yeah, and yeah. that's usually the opposite. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. This one, yeah, it's definitely grown on me, and this time I probably enjoyed it the most. Even though, to be honest, full full disclosure, <laughs> I just uh, got back from visiting my wonderful family, and uh, we we watched the movie the night that I got back, and I was a little tired, so I, I think I missed the last five minutes. But uh, it's all right; it's all good. Uh,
1: so, Doug Bradley has performed narrations on several songs by Cradle of Filth, an English extreme metal band. Oh yeah! Uh, most recently in twenty twenty one. Uh, And Bradley voiced the Sith Emperor for the MMORPG Star Wars The Old Republic. Strangely, it was like, Misas, the bad guy. (laughs) God. Nicholas Vince was cast as Chattering Cenobite. He's, yeah. I don't know if you can hear that, because... Oh, okay, don't. He trained, Nicholas Vince trained at Mountain View Theater Academy, and shortly after graduating, he met Clive Barker, modeling for him, and later being cast in Hellraiser in 1987 and its sequel, Hellbound Hellraiser 2, in 88. He subsequently played Kinski in Nightbreed. See, everybody's in Nightbreed. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, He wrote stories for the Hellraiser Nightbreed comics, plus the series Warheads and Mordigan Goth.
0: Whose comics are these? Barker's
1: comics? No, his. He wrote. He wrote these. Yeah, there's a bunch of Vertigo comics that. Uh... What, what's the name of the company? Vertigo. Vertigo. Vertigo is a subsidiary of DC. Oh, Okay. And and they did a Hellraiser line of comics, and he wrote a bunch of them. Nice. So yeah. it's more of their adult comics. Yeah. 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 The Vertigo is they're considered to be their their you know rated R NC seventeen sure. comics. Nice. You know like not for the kids. Yeah, they actually, and Vertigo actually is, we'll talk about later, but there's a TV show coming out, and Vertigo is actually involved in that. Oh, very cool. Uh, so, Nicholas Vince actually served as both secretary and chairman of the Comics Creators Guild. His short story, Look, See, which gives an alternative origin of the chatterer, a- appeared in Fear Magazine. Since 2014, he's hosted a chat show on YouTube, Chattering with Nicholas Vince, where he interviews independent filmmakers, writers, artists, and actors. Nice. Yeah. Simon Banford was cast as Butterball, the er. really fat Cenobite. <laughs> and his lips all pulled up. Oh, uh, it's so gross. <laughs> Simon graduated from Mount View Academy of Theater Arts in 1981. Uh, He played Butterball in the sequel as well. He also created and played the role of Onaka in Nightbreed. 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 In 2000, he won Actor of the Year Award for his portrayal of Pip in Great Expectations at the Vasa Theater in Stockholm. How old was he when he played Pip? Um, Well, he had to have been probably in his 40s. Because Pip. I don't know. You're pretty young. I mean, that is, I agree. I
0: don't. That's don't, why he won the award, because he
1: played an a 18-year-old he, at 40. He played so young. Uh, he also designed and directed several international tours, including The Big Day in Sofia, Qatar, and Dubai, as well as Educating Rita in Kuala Lumpur. In 2004, he took a production of Shirley Valentine to Karachi to help raise money for a new school. He has been a theater reviewer for the Stage newspaper since 2006. Theater lifer, doing yeah. good work. That's awesome. That's yeah, using yeah. theater to improve lives. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's nice. I wish that was more the case here in LA. <laughs> No. <laughs> Most theater in LA is not improving anybody's life. <laughs> no. Grace Kirby was cast as the female cenobite. They couldn't even give her a name or a, a She's bite. She's female. <laughs> She's the
0: girl one.
1: <laughs> the girl one. Kirby is Clive Barker's cousin. She made her film debut in Heavenly Pursuits in 1986, starring Tom Conti, Helen Mirren, and David Heyman. The movie is uh, set in Glasgow, Scotland. The film is about a teacher at a Catholic school whose students are searching for two more miracles that would promote the late Edith Semple to sainthood. A non-believer himself, the teacher's skepticism is challenged when he becomes involved in seemingly miraculous events.
0: My skepticism has
1: been challenged because of these... Seemingly miraculous advance. Uh, the only reason that I include this, and I'll talk about this more a little bit later, is that because after Hellraiser she literally stopped acting. <laughs> really? <laughs> she she well, hated it so much. Well the prosthetics must have taken forever for yeah, her. She was not a fan. Uh, in two thousand six she was a drama teacher in Cumbria, the UK. Uh yeah, she was she's done some stuff since then, but she definitely steered away from, from doing any of the She wanted to stuff. teach. Yeah. It's admirable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. More power. Oliver Smith as Skinless Frank, a.k.a. Frank the Monster. Skinless Frank. I got no skin. <laughs> that is pretty much a dead on Frank. Uh, he made his film debut in 1977 in Jesus of Nazareth as Saul. Hey, I'm Saul. What's going on, Jesus? You better give me a call. <laughs> Let's go have your last supper, Jesus. He appeared in the Great Train Robbery in nineteen seventy nine, directed by Michael Creighton, who also wrote the screenplay based on his nineteen seventy five novel. The film stars Sean Connery, Donald Sutherland, and Leslie Ann Downed. Hey Sean Connery. Let's go let's go rob that train. Let's do it. Don't mind the fact that I have no skin. <laughs> I'm skinless.
0: I'm skinless train robber.
1: Little known fact, uh Oliver Smith uh doesn't actually they didn't use any makeup. That actually is just him. can yeah, he, he has, has a he has a no skin a, condition. <laughs> Uh, he's also appeared in the Hellraiser sequel, Hellraiser 2. Yeah, the electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. Hellraiser was filmed at the end of 1986 and was set to be made in seven weeks, but was extended over a nine to ten week period by New World. The film was originally made under the working title of Sadomasochists from Beyond the Grave. Ugh. Sadomasochists from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> it's such a B-movie title. <laughs> yeah. Barker also wanted to call the film Hellbound, but producer Christopher Figg suggested Hellraiser instead. Hey, let's call it Hellraiser instead. <laughs> He's got a lot of energy. Okay, Christopher Figg. That sounds delicious. Barker admitted his own lack of knowledge on filmmaking, stating that he... Didn't know the difference between a 10 millimeter lens and a 35
0: millimeter lens. If you'd shown me a plate of spaghetti and said it was a lens, I might have believed you. <laughs> Clive
1: Barker is so dead on. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what he sounds like. <laughs> Apparently, he's kind of James Masony. Yeah. Uh, after filming, New World convinced Barker to relocate the story to the United States, which required overdumbing. Uh, yeah, definitely. You're overdumbing. absolutely right. It's overdubbing. <laughs> <laughs> After filming, New World convinced Mark to relocate the story to the United States, which required overdubbing to remove some English accents. Sean Chapman's dialogue was completely replaced by another actor. It was, but it's so English. I
0: mean, it looks English. The movers look English. It's like you can't. The the whole flat, every yeah. the house, everything is very it's, English. I didn't I think. Except that's what was confusing about this movie. Yeah. this is what was confusing. is what, you got the American guy and the American daughter, and then you got the British stepmom, and then, Frank, who? Yeah, Mm, I'm Frank. I mean, who did they get? Like, the hillside strangler to do his (laughs) voice? But, but you know, you got the two mover guys who couldn't look more English if you tried. It's like they just popped out of Mary Poppins. You know? (laughs) It's just funny how they're like, um hey, yeah, let's just make it United States. We'll overdub, nobody'll
1: know. Anyway, I gotta go pick up my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, uh. <laughs> I think it was actually Clive Barker doing an American accent is who who overdubbed for Frank. Yeah. Hey, oh, hey.
0: It just sounds like one of those <laughs> like you know, it's like, you know what it sounds exactly like? Is the killer in the drive in movie in One Crazy oh, Summer. Yeah, <laughs> buddy hey, Oh
1: yeah, he. Welcome to daddy. Welcome yeah, to daddy. <laughs> Sorry, God. That's just so... His character is so... He's almost as gross as Ben Stiller. Almost. In, in, in uh, the John... Hot Key's Pursuit. Hot Pursuit. Yeah, almost, <laughs> almost as gross. Almost. Even with skin, Stiller still beats <laughs> yeah. skinless Frank. During production, Doug Bradley had trouble hitting his marks during his takes on in makeup as he could not see through the black contact lenses and was afraid of tripping over Pinhead's skirts.
0: I have no idea where I am.
1: (laughs) Nicholas Vince literally couldn't see through his mask and his chattering teeth had to be redesigned to be removable as he would often drool uncontrollably through the mask and couldn't eat with it on.
0: Ugh, how horrifying (laughs) this was
1: to Ben. These poor, the four actors that were so tortured through this entire thing. Uh Bamford as Butterball wore a fat suit and a foam latex mask, which so, he also couldn't see through. Oh yeah, and he was probably baking in there. It <laughs> was probably a million degrees, yeah. Butterball and the chatter actually had some lines in the original script, but due to the makeup preventing the actors from speaking, their lines were either cut or given to Pinhead and the female a
0: Cinabite. What? <laughs> what was that? Look, let's just give it to the one who can talk, okay? Yeah. The one who I... It's not Pinhead. Don't call him Pinhead. If
1: he's, you call him Pinhead again, you're fired. He's the lead Cenobite. He is the lead Cenobite. Uh, Grace Kirby couldn't sit down while in costume and hated the makeup so much she refused to do any of the sequels. Which means she couldn't pee
0: when she was in the costume. That which she probably true. got a
1: bladder. They all
0: probably got horrible bladder infections or something. I mean, it's torture and there wasn't really any sort of... Person on Zet to make sure that there's no, no OSHA representative no, or anything no, in England. No, you know, no, probably no. just some security guards snoozing and smoking
1: cigs. I'm sure they probably popped in, looked and go, Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> please. This is this is scary and I haven't even seen the movie yet. I'm gonna go home now. Clive, Clive, darling, I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> just another hour, please.
0: I hate you. I, this, I'm never going to act again. I swear to God, I will never act again after this.
1: Numerous props of Lamartian's box, constructed from wood and cut out brass, were produced by special effects designer and makeup, and makeup artist Simon Sace. Mr. Sace made quite a cool little box. He did. It's awesome. really rad. Uh, due to the box's delicate construction, Sace would lie on the floor under the Cenobites during some takes in case it was dropped in order to save himself the eight hours it took to create another. I'm pretty impressed he could create something so intricate in eight
0: hours. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I get it. He oh, He's like, oh, don't drop the box, please. God. Oh, God, come on. i, I got I to see my kids, man. <laughs> I can't make another one of these boxes.
1: The FX thing in the movie is not that great uh, with the lightning bolts and things when they make the Cenobites go away. Yes. Yeah, it's not good. Clive Barker has explained that due to a very limited budget, there was no money left to have the FX done professionally after the primary filming. Instead, Barker and a quote-unquote Greek guy... <laughs>
0: hey, I'm a Greek guy! Come
1: <laughs> on! <laughs> ...they animated the scenes by hand over a single weekend. Opa! <laughs> Barker also commented that he thinks the FX set turned out very well considering the amount of alcohol the two consumed that weekend. Yeah, and considering they were super drunk and did it themselves, it's a bang-up job. Clive Barker had to make some cuts to the film after the NPA gave it an X rating... Two and a half shots were excised from the first hammer murder, including a close-up of the hammer lodged in the victim's head. In the scene where Julia murders another man, the actor playing the victim felt that it made sense for him to do it naked. The nude murder scene was shot, but ultimately replaced with a semi-clothed version. Mm, I believe my truth is naked. It was the second guy, the guy who was really eager to, like, have sex (laughs) with her, and then, like, it was so weird. The guy was creepy. I'll only do it if I can show my willy. (laughs) <laughs> Close ups of Kirsty sticking her hand into Frank's stomach, exposing its guts, were cut. Longer version of the scene where Frank is being torn to pieces by the Cenobites' hooks, and the very final shot where his head explodes and his brain messily splashes out was also cut.
0: All this stuff is quaint compared to I, stuff that they do today. I know. Is there
1: a director's cut that restores all these I don't, goodies? I don't think so. Aw. No. Barker has mentioned some problems that censors had with more erotic scenes in the film. The seduction scene between Julie and Frank was initially a lot more explicit.
0: We did a version of this scene which had some spanking in it, and the MPAA was not very appreciative of that. (laughs) Lord knows where the spanking footage is. Somebody has it somewhere. The MPAA told me I was allowed two consecutive buttock thrusts from Frank, but a third is deemed obscene, Thus, the creation of the term Two-Pump Chump.
1: (laughs) Barker originally wanted the electronic music group Coil to perform the music for the film, but that notion was rejected by New World. Coil actually recorded part of the soundtrack. Barker said about Coil, Coil was the only group I've heard on disc whose records I've taken
0: off because they made my bowels
1: churn. The score that Coyle recorded, a total of nine tracks, can be found on their compilation CD, Unnatural History 2, Smiling in the Face of Perversity, on and on another album, the unreleased themes for Hellraiser. Both are apparently quite rare. I bet
0: you our friend Brendan has those. I would not be surprised. I'll <laughs> we'll
1: to contact him and <laughs> see. Be surprised. Editor Tony Randall then suggested Christopher Young as a replacement for Coyle for the film score. Wait, Tony Randall? From The Odd Couple? <laughs> yeah, but de- Close, but you got to transpose the L and Oh. E. Yeah. Young had previously composed scores for other horror films, such as the 1985 slasher A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, and the 1986 Toby Hooper film Invaders from Mars. That's such a weird movie, but I really like that movie. Invaders from Mars? I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, it's like,
0: if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's like this little kid kind of stumbles upon these Martian invaders, and they're like these little weirdos, and... (laughs) He's got a, he and his mom have to, he, they kidnap his mom and he has to get his mom back. Oh, so wow. It's this really cool, very 80s. Okay.
1: You know, we, you I, should definitely check it out. I'm a huge fan of Toby Hooper, so I'm really surprised I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's I, a I, weird kind of Spielberg-y
0: Toby yeah. Hooper
1: mashup kind Interesting. Of thing. Interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, when Clive Barker first showed the film to his mother, she cried tears of joy upon seeing her son's name in the opening credits. He leaned over and whispered, It's the happiest you'll be for the next two hours. <laughs> Just so sad.
0: It's so true too. His mother was probably horrified. I, I know my yeah. mom would walk out of the theater. Oh, my mom wouldn't, but she'd be like, "That's not for me." Yeah. This
1: is. <laughs> you have your fun. That's fine. This isn't for me. I'm going to go have some popcorn. Hellraiser had its first public showing at the Prince Charles Cinema on September 10th, 1987, in the UK. The film was released in the United States on September 18th. It grossed 14.5 million dollars in the United States and Canada. Hellraiser was initially banned in Ontario by the Ontario Film and Video Review Board. In August of 87, Hellraiser was passed by the, the Film Review Board, but only after several cuts were made to the film. New World Mutual Pictures of Canada cut about 40 seconds to get the film passed with an R rating. 35 seconds of an extended torture scene featuring hooks pulling apart a body and face were removed, as well as a scene of squirming rats nailed to a wall. Yeah, it was
0: gross. It was a gross, gross movie.
1: Uh, and the thing is, also, and I don't know if Clive Barker's ever talked about this, but they just cut the stuff. They didn't even talk to him about it. They just cut it. Yeah, well, that's how it was back then. Uh, yeah, it's just crappy. I'd... No, it's super crappy. I yeah.
0: get. I remember seeing this in the theater. This was the time around the time that I really loved horror movies, like the Friday the Thirteenth. I I loved them as a kid, but this was kind of the renaissance of me mm-hmm. being the most into horror. I think it went from here through my twenties, and I still love horror. But this was when I was, like, so into it. Yeah. And I remember being so excited to see Hellraiser because the the pinhead character looks so awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it was something different from, you know, lumbering yeah, Jason the, the and, chasing. you know, yeah. and,
1: and, well, it's and Freddy. <laughs> the film was well-received in England with some calling it the... Greatest horror film made in Britain. Roger Ebert gave the film a one-half of a star out of four and deemed it as dreary a piece of goods, as has masqueraded his horror in
0: many a long, cold night. This is one of those movies you sit through with mounting dread as the fear grows inside of you that it will indeed turn out to be feature-length. This is a movie without any wit, style, or reason, and the true horror is the actors were made to portray and tech- Missions to realize its bankruptcy of imagination. Oh, we need a hot dog.
1: Variety disagreed, calling it well made, well acted,
0: and the visual effects are generally handed with skill. Yeah, it's a, except it. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore, ignore those effects. <laughs> yes, it was. It was very controversial at the time. Of very controversial. It was. Because you Even, couldn't, and it wasn't the violence as much as it was the sex, because you could do as much violence. This, this is the American way, baby. As much violence uh, yeah, as you want. But
1: it was still, it was portraying
0: sexual violence. Well, yeah, it was the I double mean, whammy. The, yeah. You know, and in, and then and it was all, oh, it's Satanism. Oh, baby. Yeah, you know, it went all with that of Martin stuff. People lost their minds with the Cinnabites. and oh, they're glorifying Satan. <laughs> I, I remember it was just, it's. It was just m- so maddening,
1: the ids. Yeah. They were
0: just like, oh, we've got to boycott it. Uh, it's the, the devil.
1: For the video release, the film had one of the most unusual pieces of bonus material that has ever been offered—a Home Shopping Network show where merchandise from the movie could be purchased. Seriously? Yes. Was it
0: was it just a like a a, a film of it, and then you could call? Yeah, in you the could film. call it in. like a live? So, no, okay.
1: no, 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 no. no. Uh, the show was hosted by a giddy old lady claiming to be a hardcore fan of the movie. Oh,
0: I love this movie. What you gotta do is you gotta get your Cinebite oven mitts. They look like the cinderbite hands of the you know the guy of the of butterball so you got these chubby hands to grab or your pot pies or you know anything your cookie trace whatever you need just get it just what it. it's only 1999
1: a uh, little known fact the giddy old lady was actually Clive Barker's mother Was it really No <laughs> well, <I'm gonna laughs> but I wish I That would wish. have been amazing That would have been great <laughs> She's like oh Clive I loved your movie <laughs> I loved it
0: Please get these slippers. <laughs> made to look like flesh.
1: The, the movie made enough money that there were sequels. Oh, there were sequels. Boy, oh. oh boy. Hellbound Hellraiser 2 in 1988, directed by Tony Randall, the editor of the original. Not Tony Randall from The Odd Couple. Okay. Uh, this was the only sequel with involvement from Clive Barker and Christopher Figg. Barker just provided the original story. It wasn't bad. I like
0: Hellraiser 2 was interesting because you got a little yeah. bit more of the Cinnabites.
1: Yeah, it was a little more in the history and the other worlds or whatever. I just I, I need to watch it again. And there was that great
0: commercial uh, where they would come out and they, with the Cinnabites and they would be like, Cinnabites love Cinnabons. And they would be like, oh, this is delicious. Now, tears, please, this is a waste of a good snack. And they would chew them all up. Chatter, chatter, chatter. Cinnabites for Cinnabons. Come to your local mall.
1: Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, was released in 1992. Hellraiser Bloodline in 1996. Hellraiser Inferno in 2000. Hellraiser Hellseeker in 2002. And then 2005 was a treat. Hellraiser Deader in June. (laughs) They're running out of ideas. And Hellraiser Hellworld later in 2005. Hellraiser Revelations in two thousand eleven, and Hellraiser Judgment in two thousand eighteen. Uh, I'm pretty positive I've seen them all. I I'm pretty sure. I'm hundred percent certain I have not.
0: I, I have a soft spot for the Hellraiser movie. It's like the Chucky movies, you know. Yeah. These eighties horror movies, I love them, and because they were just so much fun back then. That was yeah. back when horror movies were just weird and fun. Like the seventies were dread. But fun. But they were super creepy. Yeah. And then the 80s, you know, this is why I'm so glad that we're doing, you know, because last year for Spooktober, Mm -hmm. we did the 70s horror movies. And now we're doing the 80s horror movies. And they set a different kind of bar. It was like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. You know, uh, the little child's play guy. These guys, they were different. They were the wisecrackers or they had a personality. It was the 80s was more. Uh, villains and killers with personality rather right, than right. just lumbering,
1: soulless killing machines. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. The long-in-production remake is being released on Hulu today. Ooh. Yeah. I guess we're watching something for casserole Rolled Night. Yeah, that's right. With a script by David S. Goyer of the Blade franchise and Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Excellent. It should be good. I, I'm excited. You know? Well, I look, mean,
0: considering what was done with Prey, yeah. Uh, you, which totally revitalized the Predator franchise. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, it's got some good names behind it, and I'm really curious to see what they do. I'm excited. I think it's ready for a
1: reboot. I think it's ready for yeah. something new. I agree, I agree. Uh, interestingly enough, there's also a TV show in the works. Really? Uh, it started in, it was announced in April 2020, a joint production between Vertigo Entertainment, the Comics Company, and HBO. Ooh. Uh, they're, I think they're going to be mostly based off of the comics. Uh, writers were including Mark Verheiden, who did Falling Skies on TNT, mm-hmm. which was okay. I didn't I, see it. It was, it was fine. Uh, Michael Doherty, who did Trick or Treat. The oh, great. 2007 movie. Oh, with yeah. the little pumpkin boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: that's a great movie. Oh man, that scene with, uh, with the guy bearing
1: the little oh, kid yeah. and his son is yeah. like,
0: Dad! Ooh, baby, I can't wait until yeah. we do that movie.
1: Oh Yeah. Uh, and the director is, uh, not of all the episodes, but some of them, will be David Gordon Green, who did the Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. I oh. believe he's doing Halloween Ends. Interesting. I like those um, movies. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's the
0: 14th that the last yeah. one comes out yeah. on Peacock in the theaters. But uh, is this animated? or no. is it oh. No.
1: Uh, also, the EP's Danny McBride and Jody Hill working with David Gordon Green to okay. help shepherd it. Well, did he? Because Gordon Green also worked on the... East Bound It Down He show. He works with Danny McBride and
0: Jody Hill yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a great pedigree. Yeah. Then I'm really yeah. excited.
1: Uh, and in October of 2020, Clive Barker joined as an executive producer. Nice. So it's it's all working together. I don't know. I, I'm guessing it's been pushed back because of the pandemic. Uh but they, I just saw an article talking about the dueling projects between the Hulu movie that's coming out and now the right. new show that I'm assuming will come out sometime yeah. next year. You get Danny McBride to be a cinemite. Hey, I'm a by <laughs> <laughs> But it looks interesting. And i, I it's like, you know what? I, I've not seen hardly any of the sequels. They all, it kind of became a joke because there's sure. so many yeah. of them. It's
0: like Friday the 13th, you know? By yeah. the time they got to Freddy in Space. Yeah, it was devoid of any sort of, <laughs> of integrity or or joy, and I think you know I think they tried with the 2011 and 2018 to kind of re- it revitalize back. it because yeah. I remember the 2018 one was kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Um at least I remember the quality being higher. Yeah. It, them talking about like,
1: oh, it's finally like, But it, yeah.
0: it didn't do anything to like no revitalize the whole thing. But I think this could getting somebody who's an interesting filmmaker to tackle something interesting, it's gonna be a lot better than just being, you know, giving it to Jim Wynorski or something, you know. Or like <laughs> <laughs> just throw a
1: lot of boobs in it. Well, it seems it seems like they're fans, you know, I mean they like this stuff. Yeah. So it's like, hey, and, and it's not from what I gather, the show is not gonna be any of the characters from the original movies, like mm. it's, it's just going to be in that world with Cenobites and so kind of like puzzle a, box and everything. So it'll be kind of like an anthology series, I think. So oh, I, that's really cool. Uh, maybe I, I don't quote me on that, but I, but I get the feeling that it's going to be uh, more in that vein. Well, any new good Hellraiser stuff, I'm down for. Yeah, it's a really interesting world. I, I had forgotten uh, how much how big that world could get uh, in this movie, and just yeah. how weird it is. But well, like...
0: Yeah, and I think the mystery of where the Cenobites come from and the box, and you don't really know, they don't really spell it out for you yeah. in the first one. I mean, yeah. It gets pretty yeah. specific as we go along. Yeah. Because you got to know. I mean, it's part of the whole thing, is people want to know. But it's also one of those things that the less you know, it's more. It's a little scarier. Yeah. But I think, you know, this this movie... Came around at the perfect time because it did hype into that Satanic Panic and that kind of controversy yeah. helped the box office. Oh, for sure. And I think it's absolutely one of the classic 80s horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's that goes along with very 80s. <laughs> yeah, and I think <laughs> but the, it's great. the three movies that we picked this month for this year's Spooktuba yeah. really are the most iconic movies of the 80s, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. We think 80s horror, it's these three movies. Yeah, and next week we got a little something called Child's
0: Play. I'm
1: so excited about Child's Play. I have not watched that in so long.
0: Get your good guy dolls out, Mm -hmm. we're going to be playing. Thanks so much. That was really great, Adam. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, it was fun.
1: It's a great movie. Please go check it out. Hellraiser is on, streaming stuff. You can find it. It's pretty easy. Yeah, do yourself a little favor. Have a little double
0: feature tonight. Yeah. Order some pizza. Watch the original Hellraiser, then check out the the new one on Hulu. Yeah, and have a few friends over a little little impromptu Hellraiser soirée. Uh, that's great probably way, to do.
1: great way to get into the Halloween season. Spooktober, oh, yeah. like it's great. I I can't stress enough how wrong I was about how much I hated this movie. Yeah, and I didn't. Exactly. I was so surprised.
0: Sometimes it's good to watch stuff over again. It's like it's like eating foods that you thought you hate. Yeah, sometimes you like it again. Yeah. And the. Hellraiser's pretty good little <laughs> snake. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Ooh, welcome to the Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. <laughs> okay.
1: Sorry. I started I started <laughs> swallowing right as you said that. All right. I was so enraptured with your long, your oh, long Jesus. drawn out welcome. It's always good to get the
0: bloops out of the way at the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> We now return you to your previously scheduled programming,
1: Taxi, already in progress.